podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So the playoffs are here, which means there's only one thing we can do on the NC show. It's wheel out the big guns. Jay Bell, <laughs> back in the house. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year, my friend. It's good to be back with you. And yes, it's the time. It's the playoffs. It's uh, what we talk about all offseason, right? Who's going to make it? What's going to happen? Now it's you and me having a chat. Having a jag, we are going to get down to... Ollie says there are 10 questions here, but we open up the mailbag. We always do, of course, when you come on. And it's always a bumper mailbag when you come on. So there's definitely going to be more than 10 questions, but that's the loose narrative we're rolling with with Super Wildcard Weekend. 10 questions for J-Bell to get you set for Super Wildcard Weekend. <laughs> what I love about these questions, the first one is even, isn't even about the, the playoffs at all, okay? But it's breaking news. Okay. And we want to get your perspective on the Cliff Kingsbury firing, J-Bell. That's what we're going to lead off with. The Cardinals pushing the button on Cliff on Monday. And this is 10 months after they signed him to, what was it, a five-year extension? I think it was, yeah, Yeah. big extension anyway. Big call. I mean, it's been a terrible season for the Cardinals. His record has been underwhelming. And you look at the totality of his time there. But they signed Kyler to a long-term deal. They gave Cliff the money. Is is this the right call, J-Bell, the right time to do this, do you think? I think it is, especially if you're moving on from the GM. Steve Kime, for health reasons, has left his post. So if you're going to have a clean break all the way through, now is the time. The interesting part of it is that Kyler Murray was brought in because he worked in Kingsbury's offense, Mm -hmm. his philosophy, his, his style. This is how Kyler Murray has played his entire life. So whoever comes and gets this job, what does that offense look like? It's going to be interesting uh, off-season conversation for sure. Yeah, you think about that whole trajectory. Remember they had Josh Rosen? I mean, the the forgotten man of football, right? Josh Rosen, a top yeah. 10 pick. And Rosen got, yeah. got 86 because of the 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 Kingsbury-Kyler tag team, right? So they've just blown pretty yeah. much the whole he thing was up. supposed to be an... Uh, he was supposed to be a can't miss prospect. Remember, right, remember? Right. Rosen. So yeah, never got so quite. I, got I'm, a I'm interested. You know, there were a few yeah, other coaching. I'm totally interested. Co- coaching changes going on, Jay Bell, with that. Uh, unsurprising ones, I guess. You got Lovey, Lovey going from Houston, which you know I, I was thinking about this. You know, I think Mike Tomlin is the coolest man, not just in football, but arguably in the world. Right? You got to have. <laughs> if we're sticking to, you're on the list as well. Obviously, we were sticking to football. <laughs> You know, Burrow's got to be one of the coolest men in football right now. Oh, man. Lovey Smith has got to be top five. He's got to be top five. He is. And you see, by the way, they played for him. Now, things Mm. went their way last week. But those guys were up for the challenge, played for him. He was in a tough situation. I think anybody that's been in Houston for the last two years has been in a situation where you're like, are we here to actually succeed? Mm. What's actually happening? happening so uh lovey smith has proven uh he can take a team to the super bowl he's done that uh did not win but did that but i just don't think this situation was for him long term because of the scenario he was put into he never was right what do you think is going on in in houston the ownership's mind you had 
Cully in there, that was pretty much a one and done stint from day one, it felt like. And Lovey, the moment Lovey yeah. got the gig, respect for Lovey throughout the league, of course, the heavyweight. But I don't think many people thought, okay, he's their coach for the next five years. And even though the the Texans had a difficult season, we knew they were going to. They were playing for him. They're playing kind of like with Cully, right? Almost every game that they were getting the most out of a, a not altogether rounded bunch. So what the, what are they up to, the Texans? What are they looking to, to do? Look, I have no clue, but I'm hoping they have a master plan. Like, I'm really hoping that this offseason, it comes together, they get the coach they've been eyeing. They have a lot of resources, assets, and now they're going to allow this person to take them into the future. I'm hoping, wishing they have a plan because, you know, the Houston Texans were good to me. Uh, That organization is near and dear to my heart, so uh, I'm hoping – uh, McNair has a plan in place and we're going to see it play out if he has a plan or if he's just winging it, <laughs> but we'll be able plan. to find out and talk about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's get on to biggest surprise for you this season out of these two players, which of these two surprised you more this season, Gino Smith, that is pro bowler, Gino Smith, who I wrote yes, about this are. week. This week for the Times, Jay, but I've got to get my Times plug in right out of the get-go, right? Or Brock yeah. Purdy. Geno Smith or Brock Purdy? Who's very different situations, very different stages of their career, of course, but who surprised you more? Oh, man, this is tough. This is not a, this is not an easy question, but I'm going to have to go with Geno only mm. because we've been having this conversation since training camp. Mm. A lot of people... I was hearing that they weren't, you know, that Pete Carroll was selling us this Geno Smith story just because it's Pete Carroll, right? He doesn't even believe it. But look at the way Geno played, how fast he came out, how he started. I mean, he really showed that this offense was lacking a person like him. They removed Russell Wilson from the situation and they had productivity. So when you look at it and you look at these two, I like what Brock Purdy is doing now, but what Geno Smith has done, the resurgence of his career, it's remarkable. You know, it really is. This this piece I've written, hey, that's the second plug of five minutes, looking at, and really deep diving into the story we all knew. I mean, I remember, I remember me and you and OC and Carlson doing a Giants London game five years ago, maybe with it came over when he was he was um Gino's at that stage at the Giants. At this stage, he was just signing one one and done deals or one year deals anyway, right? So and I re- I went back to his college career and looked at some of the tape then and looked at I mean, a lot of people thought that I'd forgotten this, that the draft he came out in was really slim pickings for quarterbacks. So the only other quarterback. Yeah. Well, the only quarterback taken in the first round was EJ Manuel. Remember EJ? So Yeah, I remember EJ. EJ was the only guy they took in the first round. And so Gino, they expected him to go in the first round. He dropped into the second round. And the, the Jets took him. Sanchez, the Sanchez was there, was their quarterback at the time. And he got injured preseason in Gino's rookie camp. And Gino got the gig, right? And first season, the Jets were terrible. But, you know, it's a, it was a quite a prototypical rookie season, right? For Like most most rookies are not going to be at the races in their first season. The second year, he started to have some off the field. He missed, missed a key practice and little things started to to break in. And then, of course, he, he got injuries himself and, and never really bounced back. Was called a bust after a couple of years. And then bounced around in this weird nether region of being a one year backup never really finding a place it's extraordinary that 10 years in 
He is in the playoffs for the first time in his career. The Seahawks seem to want to go with him long term as well, right? I mean, it looks like he's got the gig for the next few years. Yeah, you look at it, it's maturity, it's opportunity, right? right. When we talk about our favorite quarterbacks, usually it took a time for them to turn the tide, to become who they are. And most of the time it's because they've been invested in. They've had the ability to get those abilities and show their capabilities. So with Geno, because he didn't have the maturity early on, mm. he didn't have that opportunity. They had to they had to move on from Geno. But you always knew the talent was there. I remember when he was at New York, I was at a practice, and uh, some of the scouts and the GMs, I was standing by someone, and Geno threw the ball, and the guy turns and goes, who threw that ball? And, <laughs> and it, it was he was excited. like, And I was like, oh, they like Geno. You know, yeah, it was one yeah. of those, like, did you see that? And remember, you see that people talk in the NFL community in practice. Hey, you got to see Gino. Man, he can throw the ball. Oh, he's got it. He was a high sought after quality backup, but he got his opportunity. He's been in a lot of systems. He's been able to learn from a lot of different people. So what that does for you as a player, you take a little bit from everywhere that works for you. And if you're smart, you complete yourself as a player if you have that time and that exposure. And that's what's happened to Geno. And you're really happy for him because it just shows you at the quarterback position, don't give up on guys early. And if they come on late, you know what I'm saying? Accept them. There might be something there. Don't turn away and say this isn't the guy because of who he was early in his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's so well said, man. Talent, nothing without opportunity. And to see a story like this, a player that you think, okay, look, whatever had happened, let's say the season hadn't happened, incredible college career, a few years as a starter in the NFL, a 10-year career as a pro, like that's nothing to be sniffed at, but incredible that he's now taking it up to the to the next level. Saluting Gino and Brock Purdy. I mean, moxie is a word we overuse on this show, but the man has moxie. He's just belong. He just looks like he belongs from day one. I'm going to dive to the mailbag, J-Bell, because we've got a question in about cool. him. Uh, this is from Chris. Saluting you, Chris. Thanks for this question. At the NC shows how you get in touch with us. Is Purdy the best rookie this year? Is Purdy offensive rookie of the season? And he's got a follow-up, which I'm going to join together for you. Can the 49ers realistically win the Super Bowl with him because that's maybe the most extraordinary part of this story is the moment that Jimmy G went down. I mean, it was worse yeah. than when Dak went down at the start of the season in Dallas. Everyone was, oh, okay, that's the 49ers done. And here they are as amongst the favorites, right? So if Purdy can continue and they could win, I mean, forget the offensive player of the year. Man, this guy could be Super Bowl MVP if they make <laughs> yes, it, right? Yes. Something crazy. Wow. Now, I know I'm I know I'm just throwing stuff out there trying to get the buzz started, but it's bigger doable. than that it's right doable. now for him. Yeah. It is it is bigger. I mean, since he I believe since he's become the starter, he has maybe the highest passer rating in the NFL. Wow. Like just think about that. Now, he's had a lot of starts in college. And if you look at, like, the Bill Parcells philosophy, you get quarterbacks with, you know, I forget the exact number, but you want them to have a lot of playing experience in college, mm -hmm. being games. He has. And when Kyle Shanahan brought him over and drafted him, it was because they knew how he fit in this system. Hey, man, on the phone, you will fit great in our system. Now, here we are. You see that coming to fruition. Why? Kyle Shanahan is knows his skill sets. 
that is Brock Purdy's. And he has built this offense around that because it is full of playmakers. I'm going to tell you where to go with the ball. Listen to me. Do what I say. You will have success. And because he knows what kind of player Brock Purdy is, he knows he's receptive to that. And that is what we are seeing. This is the Kyle Shanahan show. And he's got a guy he knew if he had to use him would be ready to roll. Brock Purdy has given this team a chance and a spark. And he throws the ball vertically down the field, which is the issue that Garoppolo had. Mm -hmm. So imagine that now going into the playoffs. Yeah, it, you know, both of them, I guess, Gino and, and Brock, it's all about situation, right? They both landed in the right situation and the right time, but they've had to make it happen. Once you get that shot, you got to, you got to cap no it doubt. on it. All about that. Incidentally, that is our live game on TalkSport this Saturday. Join me, Propo, in the studio with me as well, Seahawks 49ers, uh, to get the wildcard weekend. Sorry, the super wildcard weekend started. Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> ready for that. All right. Let's go to Dallas Tampa Bay next for our next question. So, the uh, Cowboys Bucks squaring off. Which performance, J Bell, or whose performance, I should say, is more important for the Bucks? Brady? Okay. Or the defense? Against Ooh. Dallas, Brady stepping up or the Tampa Bay defense stepping up? Ooh, that is tough. Ah. The defense. Hmm. It's the defense. It's the defense who has gotten healthier, finding a way to bring some pressure and force interceptions. That is the key. Mm -hmm. If you can win the turnover battle, we know Tom Brady with a lot of opportunities can score points. So I'm trying to think what's the best way to get the ball in Brady's hands, cause turnovers, have long drives, keep Dallas off the field, control the clock, that's your way to win. And I think this defense, Todd Bowles, will find a way to manufacture pressures. He likes to attack your offensive line, your blocking schemes. And we know Dak is, is forcing the ball because he's trying to make plays, throwing interceptions. That's the key to the game. You know what? I, I couldn't agree more. You think about the issues that Dak's had in particular. Look at what is it? one pick in each of his last seven, right? A league leading 15 interceptions on the season. Dak is making mistakes. Is it because he's forcing the issue too much, do you think? Is that his biggest weakness, that he's trying to take too many or the wrong big shots and uh, or the wrong shots full stop? And that is what we're seeing here. What? Why is Dak turned into a player who beforehand was composed together? You can rely on him to do all the fundamentals well, even if he wasn't maybe in that top, top, top tier. Now, suddenly, this is a bigger weakness. Why is it happening? He's made some mistakes. He's had some tips and overthrows. That, that happens. But I think it's all occurring because he's aggressive, which I think is the proper way to be right now. Mm -hmm. I, If you're going to win in the playoffs, if you're going to advance, you have to throw the ball. You have to go out there and take chances. You can't be ultra conservative and just think about not turning the ball over. You mm -hmm. got to force the issue and make plays. So I know that's how it looks. And I know it's a red flag right now. But if he gets hot, if it's rolling, all, we, all he needs is a night, four quarters. He makes it happen. Keep throwing, keep pressing. 
the Cowboys can be dangerous. So I like his aggressiveness. It has got them this far. Sometimes it just makes you worried. It makes you cautious as a fan, but he can't be as a player. He's got to make it happen. Do you know what I call that, j Dance with the one that brung you. That's what, that's what I say. That's what I say. You know, with, <laughs> with um, just on Dallas quickly and the coaching changes that we've already talked about some, and there's a lot of mischievous buzz that maybe Mike McCarthy is going to get the bullet, particularly if the Cowboys are unable to go deep in the playoffs. They uh, He has had the dreaded vote of confidence from Jerry Jones. <laughs> Jerry Jones actually oh, used the geez, word confidence. Oh, you know what that means. <laughs> oh, this is Jerry's quote. He said, I can't tell oh. you how much confidence I've got in Mike at our coaching staff of being on top oh. of where we are with this team right now. That... It, out of any owner's mouth, that's a worrying thing to hear from Jerry Jones. <laughs> Give me say goodnight, Gracie. Hey, they better win this game. I mean, they have <laughs> to win this first one. Oh, you're right. I mean, this could get blown up. Mm. Mike McCarthy could be gone. I mean, if Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job and there's a vacancy in that on that defensive side of the ball, mm. uh, which we know they've been ultra productive, especially early in the season. I mean, you almost have to move from Mike McCarthy, especially if Jerry can get the guy he wants. So, I mean, the pressure is on always before the season. What do you talk about Dallas? What are they going to do in the playoffs? I mean, literally the first week of the season when when people start having conversations, it's Dallas Cowboys in the postseason. Mm -hmm. So they got to get a win. Wow. Sean Payton. Sean Payton is my call. Sean Payton is the Cowboys head coach. Come on. Your look says it all, J-Bell. Oh, I'm telling you. Hey, they have a love affair, both of them. Gary mm. and Sean Payton, they know each other. We'll work well together. It's the star. Sean Payton loves it. So we'll see, man. The pressure is on everybody at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. wish anyone out of a gig and McCarthy out of a gig, but I would love to see that. I mean, that is a match made in his box office. Payton and the Cowboys. Come on, we want to see it that. It fits, doesn't it? It, it does. <laughs> okay, let's talk Dark Horses because... Okay, clarified dark horses. So this is in the entire playoff picture. And just to qualify, you can't have the Chiefs, obviously. They're the, they're the most people's favorites or many people's favorites, the okay. bookies' favorites. You can't have the Eagles, best record in football. They can't be a dark horse. The Bills, second favorites. And I think I'm going to take the 49ers off the table as well because there's a lot of buzz on them. So those four, the kind of power teams going into the playoffs, so everyone else is the field. The rest of them, I'm decreeing a dark horse, Jay Bell. Who so I is, can't have the Chiefs, Bills, or the 49ers, you said. Or the Eagles. You're not allowed the Eagles either. Or the Eagles, top four. Okay, mm-hmm. to some extent. Oh, you make it easy for me. It's Cincinnati. The Bengals. Uh, oh, should I group the Bengals in there? All right. Uh, you're allowed you the Bengals. Should, you should have took them off. I guess they're in They're in that top. I suppose you're right. Two tiers. They would maybe be. Okay, so we'll take them off as well. So everybody else. So the Cowboys, the Vikings, maybe, would you look at? Why did I just make this so hard on myself? I could have easily took (laughs) Cincinnati and been out of here. And I I just talked myself out of this. Um, Okay, let's have this conversation for fun. Mm. Dark Horse. I'd say the Dallas Cowboys. You go the Cowboys, huh? Yeah, because think about this team. They're balanced. Early in the season, we talked about them maybe being, you know, having the defense to MVP maybe a Micah Parsons, which mm-hmm. I don't think it is anymore. I think it's Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. But just imagine this team gets hot. They got the talent. Imagine the running game is clicking when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. The passing game is going and flourishing. Dak 
running the ball when he needs to, which he, you know, he's been cautious all year, but imagine him just turning it on. And this defense starting to get after the passer like they've been all year. If they have a league, they can really make it hard and difficult because they can play different styles. They want to play from ahead so they can pressure the quarterback. And Dan Quinn can get real creative with his with his pressure looks. But I think they could be dangerous if they find a way. You know, on the the offensive range they've got, obviously when they're on some one of the best ground games in the business, right? And uh, of course they've got threats in in the passing game. We talked about this, I think, on it might have even been with Mike on the Monday show, but just the strength in depth, and you look at that receiving call, because Gallup hasn't really stepped up as they'd hoped he would, right? And they haven't really replaced Amari Cooper. Is that maybe the weak link? When you look at, at the top-tier teams in the playoffs and the range of weapons they've got, that, that the Cowboys are maybe thinner on the ground than some of the others? Well, it's tough because you, CD Lamb is your guy. You know it's going to him. And they move him around a lot because of that. And he's mm. up, he's effective and impactful from pretty much anywhere on the field. But you think about Tony Pollard. He's mm-hmm. really your most explosive offensive weapon. Mm-hmm. So it's about how do you use him to create that other threat in the receiving game, which they have before. So you just have to find a way to get really creative. And I, I really, as much as we give their offensive coordinator a lot of uh, credit because he's young, it feels good. I don't feel like, you know, he's the next guy. I feel like his creativity is kind of dipped off. So he's got to come with some really good game plans in the playoffs to move those guys around and deploy those assets because you have the playmakers, man. If you, you know, do pony personnel with the two running backs in the backfield versus the defense's base defense, Mm -hmm. imagine that. You can do a lot of things flexing uh, Tony Pollard out. So it's about how you use that and be creative, be be creative. The same way we talk about Kyle Shanahan finding a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great shout, the Cowboys, because I think that that matchup, either the Bucks or the Cowboys, I mean, both of them will look at that as a favorable wildcard landing spot. They'll both see it as a very winnable game. And, you know, you get that, you get a bit of momentum going. You're a couple of games away from it all. I mean, yeah, this is what we love about the, the playoff game. All right. Better chance this weekend to win without their quarterback, J-Bell. The Ravens or the Finns? So assuming that there's no Tua and there's no Lamar, Let's assume there's Teddy and there's Tyler Huntley for both of them, right? Baltimore, of course, up against the Bengals. The Finns have the Bills, both heavy underdogs. But who's got a better chance if yeah. both of their quarterbacks aren't, aren't playing? Buffalo's on a roll right now. I don't think the Dolphins without Teddy, I mean, without um, Tua can make it happen. Teddy can be productive, but it's not the same offense. Mm-hmm there is a chance because it's going to be hard to stop uh, the receivers, Hill and Waddle. They always get theirs. But I'm going to have to go with Baltimore because of the defense. I mean, Roquan Smith just got the whole hey. truckload, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pulled up to his front door. And there's a reason because of the way he's played. The way this defense has played recently, they've gotten better as the season has progressed. He's made mm. Patrick Queen play better, uh, who's next to him. They've gotten healthy on the outside, especially in the defensive backfield. So this team defensively could make it difficult for Cincinnati. That Mm -hmm. is the matchup I want to see. I can't wait to watch. So if they have the game of their life, they could pull it out. Do you reckon, just bringing a few things together, will we open talking about Kyler? Do you reckon the Ravens pay Lamar and and get the deal done in the offseason? I think they've been trying to pay him. It's just 
the concessions haven't been made. So I, I think they finally cover some ground this offseason when they have time to focus all their attention on it. It's mm-hmm. really difficult during the season. You see teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers that do not negotiate during the season. Mm-hmm. They'll get it done. You see people sign that first week, and then it's over until the end because mm-hmm. right? it's hard. You're focusing on trying to win the next game. But I think in the offseason, they find some common ground to figure this out. They get it done. Just going to go to Twitter again, the mailbag. Richard, appreciate you, Richard. On tour, and this is a good one, uh, a good question, I should say, a really challenging situation. Because of the concussion, Tua, uh, Richard asks, is there any way back for Tua's career? Because at some point, there are going to be too many concussions sustained. He's already had a, a season derailed fundamentally and therefore really affecting the, the, the Dolphins' chances. A lot of people are thinking there might not be a future for Tua as, as a pro. What's your take on it, Jamel? I think there is a future for him. I think rest is the key, not rushing back because they are right. If he goes out and get a, gets another concussion this season, yeah, it's not good. Uh, they're not going to want to put him back on the field. But if he goes this offseason, make sure he sees all the doctors that it requires, get all the info he can, get and gets all the info he can about his situation, mm. I think he'll be all right. You know, whatever it takes next year uh, to make sure he's, still, he's safe will be the key. I mean, a lot of these have come from, you know, him falling and hitting the ground. So yeah. ways to protect himself in those situation, situations. So I think that's the key. But I I have faith he'll be back on the field, but you can't rush, rush a situation like this. You know, as an athlete, is there anything you can do to – minimize the um severity of, of certain impacts i mean will they look at will the conditioning guys look at them and say that we really need to strengthen even your neck a lot of them are as kind of whiplash head hitting back is that something they'll look at yeah they'll look at everything the thing about analytics and and the tape period i mean trainers watch the footage Mm. They see what happened, what caused the impact, all of that. So they'll be able to go over that and figure out how they can prevent it in the future and talk to him about that. So, yeah, they'll design something for him specific to keep him safe. Yeah. OK, uh, let's hope so, because he was having a hell of a season, of course. The next yeah. one on the Bears, the Bears, thanks to Lovey, <laughs> Lovey doing a favor for his old crew. The Bears now have the number one pick, j And That was a wild, wild ending, a wild finish. And yeah. Ryan Poles, who's the Bears GM, inevitably asked about what are you going to do with the number one pick? Because there are some serious Bryce Young, most notably, but other other top quarterbacks that could go one overall uh, in the draft. But it's likely to be Bryce Young, and it's going to be a market very much in the hunt for quarterbacks. Right? We know a lot of teams are looking for quarterbacks, so they asked him mischievously a number of journalists what what are we going to do ryan Pauls? is it justin fields or are you going to be tempted his quote was he'd have to be absolutely blown away <laughs> so he did he left yeah. the door open jay bell he left the door open. or he better leave it open but we think he has to leave it open because that's smart poker right in terms of dealing it there you go you just said it i mean this whole process is about we know we got the pick who's moving up and what are they going to give us if it's the number two team, that's minimum a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. If it's the number three team that wants to get up, maybe we're talking about two. And it goes on and on and on, right? So without the threat of you taking the guy, you just 
lost a bargaining chip. So mm. you have to put it out there. The first thing I thought, which I've never ran a team before, and so don't take anything I say seriously on this, was <laughs> why not draft the guy and then say, I got him, trade him, let's figure it out. Yeah, 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 you know, sure. Let's, let's go, let's go do that. Yeah. You know, and they do this kind of stuff in basketball all the time. Right. Exactly you right. want him, I got him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But – and 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 no, and we've seen things change with how the draft, how free agency is conducted. Maybe that happens. That happens. Mm. Maybe that's the smoke signal he's putting out. Like mm. I might do this. Yeah. I, whatever it is, I don't think that's the situation. But you need to get as much as you can for him because you can now rebuild your team around Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I um. I love the idea of taking him and then saying, come on, have you, you must've seen draft day, right? With, with Costner, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about draft day is the opening scene where I think it's the Seahawks are on the clock. Number one. And it's the morning of draft day. Cause the whole thing is it takes, you know, take it's that day. Right. So it's like 6am uh -huh. they're in the Seahawks facility. And it's at that moment, they decide, what are we, what are we going to do with the pick? What are, like they hadn't thought about yeah. it before that, before that day. And at no one, at the oh, NFL, we're just going to wing it today. Just going to, no one advising of that film said, eh, eh, eh. I'm not sure how, how believable that is. It's not how it rolls. I don't, Dennis Leary nailed that. Nailed the coach. What a coach. I play for Leary. Uh, hey, just on the, the 49ers situation, what do you think they'll do? Jimmy's gone, but do you think they'll, move forward with both Brock and and um uh, yeah Trey Lance both both Brock and Trey Lance they don't know what they got with Lance they know what they got with Brock does it depend on what happens in the playoffs what do they do I think you got a quarterback competition mm. and I think you got a situation where if Trey Lance isn't a hundred percent right everybody understands the injuries and if he isn't coming along the way you want it you got Brock Purdy and no one in the organization or the fan base, especially if Brock can have a playoff push and be productive, is going to question that. And mm. you can do it because of the price. You're just you're married to Trey Lance because what you gave up for him. Mm. But you will be forgiven. All will be forgiven if Brock Purdy plays well. Super Bowl MVP, you called it here first, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's one. Pick a player that everyone should be watching out for this Super Wildcard weekend. Give us one player. One player this Wildcard weekend. Do you want to? I'll tell you. I'll, I'll let you think about it. To be fair, I'll give you a bit of time to percolate because I'm going to throw one out for you. All right. Throw one out. Because listeners to the show will know how much from the get go. I love the Christian Kirk deal to Jacksonville. I'd be was harping on about it preseason, okay. all season long. Okay. Because Jay Bell, everybody mm -hmm. laughed at the Jags. They laughed at the overpayment. They said, yeah. what are they doing? Kirk has stepped up. So I'm going to that game. Kirk, incidentally, for the record, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, bona fide success. He who laughs, laugh, laughs loudest, Jay Bell. But uh, <laughs> I'm going Travis Etienne I'm in that game. He's had a big season, a thousand-yard season. He's averaging 5.1 a clip, but he's up against a Chargers defense. Bad run defense. Bad bottom five run defense. I think he could be critical in that game. If he gets going, they get the ground game going, and then they got a big shot. I like it. 
I like it. And you know what? Let's stick in that game. Just mm. because this is the matchup I want to see. I was like, yo, Chargers, Jacksonville, two young quarterbacks going at it. I love Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence fan. Mm-hmm. But I like your ETN pick. We'll go with that. So I'm going to go on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say Justin Herbert because of this. People know how talented he is in the NFL community. Sometimes things get lost when you're the Chargers because you're the other team in L.A. People don't talk about you that much. Mm-hmm. This guy, if he has Mike Williams on the field and he lights it up, I mean lights it up, we haven't really really talked about him like the upper echelon quarterback in that AFC conversation. Right. We got our top three, Mahomes, Allen, and um, – Burrow. Burrow. <laughs> man, I do, I'm doing like We're you. We're both man. doing it. <laughs> yeah. But now, if Justin Herbert balls out, which he could and he can, is he that guy? Does mm-hmm. he hurdle two of them? It could happen. I love that. I mean, and he should be. It's the thing we've seen. It's the same story played again and again, right? We talk about the right situation earlier. As a quarterback, wrong situation, wrong market, not much hype. You just go a little bit. It's not that Herbert's going under the radar, but if Justin Herbert was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, forget about it. We'd be having a exactly different conversation. That's a tough gig as well, being a, a being the Chargers. It's a tough gig, you know, being that team, like that kind of Clippers, or for a long time anyway, the Clippers to the Lakers, right? I mean, it's a mm-hmm. it's a tough spot. Uh, I love that. I love. I'm really interested in that game. We're going to get into that on Edge Rush, incidentally. Propo, Crystal Tom in the house on that as well. So look in the vault. That'll be out. Uh, that'll be out imminently. All right, couple more before we get out of Dodge J Belt. Who has had a better first season as a head coach, Brian Dayball? And you got to keep your Giants preference to one side here and look at this journalistically brian dayball <laughs> kevin o'connell who's had a better oh, first season and you can call it a push if you want oh man it's it's brian dayball and this is not even being uh i believe blue it's real mm-hmm. i'm a giant but <laughs> think about this team think about what happened with the other coaching staff that is gone now this is the same team Brian Dayball comes in and he doesn't build the squad offensively like he has done in the past. It is completely different. He actually has Kafter calling the plays, which is a good call, so he can be a leader. The day he got in there, the organization changed. People felt different. They felt better. I was hearing things like that. Mm. And then all he did was play and design to the strengths of his team. That is a head coach. I am going to find out what you do well and put you in that position over and over and over again. That is what he has done in the New York market. Let's not forget the pressure it is there. Mm. The calm, cool collectiveness you have to have in that market. He has displayed those things. And the players... And the organization has rallied around him. He has the ultimate respect of everyone. Mm. I'm really just a phenomenal job by him. Is he your coach of the year then? He is. Mm. He is. Oh, he is. But man, I'm telling you, 
There's some other ones, but he is. I mean, Mike Tomlin, Tomlin. ridiculous. Gotta be. I mean, oh my gosh, Pete Carroll. Yeah. Like you got you got coaches. You're like, wow. Yeah. You know, like people left you for dead. Yeah. You know the um the the Gino piece I wrote. Hey, that's my third plug of the show. I remember just again looking back into it. Do you remember this preseason when Carroll? This story leaked that Carroll had had a team talk with his players and said, "We can win the Super Bowl." And everybody laughed at them. But do you remember everybody and said that you're winning three games, Pete Carroll? And here they're they're yeah. in the playoffs. This is just Pete Carroll. This is Pete, Pete, me, and Pete. <laughs> Pete, Pete. I love Pete Carroll. I love for, that man is a force of nature. I love him. Kevin O'Connell, yeah, like, man, like his team, Kevin O'Connell. He's vastly underrated, isn't he? He feels like uh, maybe the the two things are, are not coincidental. It feels like he's not getting enough credit. Okay, maybe not to the level that Dayball has delivered given the pieces he's got. But I don't know. Early on in the season, people were saying, look how smart he is offensively. Look how he's using Jefferson. Look how he's styling this offense. So there was a bit of buzz then. But I think I don't know. I think, I think the Vikings are being disregarded and disrespected i i think they uh people are too down on them they're not uh, clearly they're not should they be the favorites going into the, the the playoffs but i think they could do more damage than some people suggest he's done a good job and the one thing you want to see is if you're a new coach and you are a specialist on one side of the ball can you fix that can you come in and make that productive? And he has. Mm. Now, everybody thinks and believes, a lot of people, that Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. So he's got that asset right there. That's not him. He didn't pick him. It's like, here, let's put this on your plate. Mm. And this guy is proven. It's not like, oh, wow, look at Justin Jefferson this year. Look what he's done. No, we knew what this guy was. We knew you had a reasonable quarterback, you know, a middle-of-the-road guy. A lot of people would love Kirk Cousins on their team. Mm. So it's can you develop this? Can you get these guys going? He did. The offense has operated well. The main thing you got to give credit for is they believe they can win. All mm. these close games, yeah. I mean, as ugly as it is, as lucky as it is, they find a way. Yeah. And that is that shows the temperament attitude of your head coach big time i i couldn't agree with you more i think that is a really misunderstood element to this vikings team 11 games one score games they're fragile i'd say they're gutsy Tough. they're clutch they're gonna get yeah. done they're gonna get done yep all right last one j bell out of all the games in super wildcard weekend who do you think is most likely to cause the upset so we're gonna base this on the vegas lines in Ooh. terms of who is the favorite so uh, the Cowboys, for example, uh, are favorites against the Bucks. The Bucks are underdogs there. You've got the Ravens, of course, underdogs against the Bengals. The Giants are underdogs, three-point dogs against the Vikes. You've got the Finns, of course, underdogs against the Bills. We'll, we'll call the Chargers Jags a pick 'em. So we'll mm-hmm. take that one off. Take that one off the table. And then, of course, the Seahawks massive dogs against the 49ers. So most likely to cause the upset there. Giants at the Vikings. Right. Giants. Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones had maybe his best passing performance against the Vikings defense. Mm -hmm. We know uh, they can be exposed. Saquon Barkley, one thing about him is he's an explosive runner, right? What happens when you're explosive like a track athlete? You got to rest before the track meet. (laughs) If those legs are fresh, Mm -hmm. you are flying. Mm. That's the kind of player he is. And Wink Martindale, 
as the season has progressed, you got Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence that can wreck a game. You got other guys on that D-line that can really dominate. Mm. I think as the season has progressed, Wink Martindale has gotten better in understanding his defense and his play calling, and he will get aggressive. It's a playoff game. He might attack Kirk Cousins, find a way to, you know, to really get after him. And people have shown how you can slow down Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. on how you run your defense. Cover two towards him most of the game. Put your hands on him. Beat him up. That's mm-hmm. what teams are doing. Beat him up on cover two uh, when you're in cover two because when you have to play man-to-man or zone in a one-on-one kind of situation, he's worn down. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me tell you a, a, a secret. When you play against speed, you have to get physical. You got to beat them up to slow them down. And that's what teams are doing. So if that all happens, this could be a close game that comes down to the end. Dayball has shown he has built formulas to win those games. Wow. I cannot wait for it, man. That is well argued, Jay Bell. And Everything we said about Dayball, man, the Giants in the divisional round, who'd have thunk it, man? Incredible stuff. Crazy. Jay Bell, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Uh, it's great to see it looking strong in 2023, hitting the ground running. Dude. <laughs> hey, man, let's do it again. Uh, we're probably going to get some surprises this weekend. I know you're ready for it. I am too. We're going to be all across it. You, of course, can catch J-Bell on Sky Sports, the Jason and OC podcast as well, available at all good podcasts. It's great to see you, man. Take care. All right, my friend. Sports Social Podcast Network.